This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? Oh, oh! I haven't heard that joke in quite some time. I was thought, thinking we were starting to read. Why, you like Kool-Aid? I like Kool-Aid, too. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like Kool-Aid. I feel like my mic's a little hot. Either that. Bad joke. Bad joke. Um, what's up? Really hot. Really hot. Really hot. If someone could fix that, that would be fantastic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Anyone? Awesome. Awesome. This is too much. Um, <laughs> Bueller. Anyone seen that movie? Y'all too young for that? Ferris Bueller Day Out? No? Yes. Which one? What do you mean, which one? Ferris Bueller Day Out. No. Awesome. This night, anyone else confused at what's happening? I'm not either, because I planned it. It's okay. Um, you can raise your hands and be confused, but that's fine. Soon we'll tell you why things happened a little bit differently than they normally happen. Um, scanning across the room, I see a lot of new faces that I haven't seen before. So if this is your first time at Tribe Night, we're so excited that you are here. Let's clap for them. In other news, I heard that Michael won both of his baseball games today. No, you didn't win? You did. Let's give it up for Michael. Rumor has it is he's a subpar baseball player, but we won't hold that against him. Um, so if you're here for the first time, welcome to Tribe Night. We're doing things a little differently. Normally we have worship before and worship after, but we have switched things up, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But before we get to that, let me tell you a story. When I was a sophomore in high school, there was this girl that I really liked, and her name was Hannah. Jenna, kind of close. Her name was Hannah. I guess her name still is Hannah. As far as I know, she's not dead, so her name is Hannah, but in high school it was also Hannah, and as a sophomore, you guess what that one problem was? She didn't like me. Thank you, Cade, because Tyler wasn't paying attention. And I'm in a weird mood, so I'm just going to call people out. It's going to be great. It's, you know, why not? No music, no worship. TiVo goes crazy on stage. You weren't listening. You were talking to Garrett. Mm. Your head was just like, Tyler, you're getting me off track. Tyler is a great guy. He goes to Carterville High School. He's single, ladies, if you're looking for a Carterville High School guy you want to date. Um, he might like you back, unlike Hannah, who did not like me back. So a sophomore in high school, I liked this girl named 
Hannah, and she didn't like me back. I mean, Hannah liked me, but as a friend, which if you've ever been there, it's almost worse than her not liking me at all. I mean, she wasn't mean to me. She liked me as a friend. She just didn't like me as much as I liked her. But there is a difference between Hannah and the other girls that didn't like me back. You see, I put a lot of effort into trying to change Hannah's mind about me. Not only did we go to the same school, we also went to the same church. Cute, right? That's where all romantic love stories are formed. So we went, we spent a lot of time together at the same places around the same friends. So I just knew that I could convince her that I was the guy that she wanted to date. But no matter how hard I tried, nothing worked. She went out with a few other guys, and I always tried to figure out what was the difference between them and me and figure out what qualities they had that I didn't have. If only I would, what's funnier, I would find myself saying, if only I were better looking, which was something that I didn't really say because I was really good looking. If only I drove a cooler car. I don't know if you guys know, Layton drives one of these, a Volkswagen wagon Jetta, except I had one of those square looking ones and it was green. And one time I ran into the side of a house and almost blew my car up. But that's a story for another day. Um, so if only I drove a cooler car or if only I had bigger muscles or any muscles at all. That's where we were. I'm just being honest. 10th grade, um, a lot has changed. As you can see, I can lift almost as much as Colton can lift, hands down. We'll have a lifting competition later, and Colton will definitely <laughs> beat me. It's crazy, I know. But be honest. Have you ever had one of those, if only I were this, or if only this happened differently moments? Let me see your hands. Anyone ever been there? If only I were this, or if only something was different. So, of course, we all have. This dating thing is easy when someone likes you back, but it's extremely torture when they don't. And it's even worse if they just like you as a friend. But this doesn't just happen in dating. We tend to bring this if only I were mindset into other relationships and areas of our lives as well. So maybe for some of you, you think, if only I can learn my lines better in this play or musical, my theater director would like me more. Or if only I played better on the football field or the basketball court, my coach would like me more. Or maybe for you, it's if only I could get better grades, my teacher would like me. I was talking to a student last week, actually yesterday, and she said to me, she went from eighth grade to ninth grade, and she said, I started making bees, and I thought the world was ending. And I looked at her and I said, well, D's or C's get degrees. Because in my household, a C was great. In her household, if you got a B, you were grounded. I was talking about your sister, Michael. Uh, <laughs> Mariah told me that. What kind of grades are you getting, Michael? C's. That's my man right there. <laughs> Four A's and two, two what? Two B's. Do y'all find online school harder than in-person school? Quick poll. Raise your hand if online school is a little harder than in-person school. Raise your hand if 
it's about the same. Raise your hand if you're like, what school? I don't do that. Anyone? I knew there would be a couple of you. Maddie. <laughs> Maddie. <laughs> so, or maybe you're thinking, if I would stop making dumb decisions at home, my parents would like me more. Or the last one, if I can keep up with everyone else, my friends would like me. So, I have these glasses up here. And let's just pretend for the sake of this argument, that these black tape have the word enough on them. So these are different areas of our lives that we're trying to figure out if we meet the standard for being enough. So let's say this, great, this glass right here represents your grades. So like I said, I wasn't the best at, you know, education, but I got good grades and I never thought I was going to win a spelling bee. The only spelling bee I ever won was in third grade. Um, hey, Mariah, we were just talking about you. Welcome to the party. Um, everyone say, hi, Mariah. Did you win your softball game? It, practice. You won your practice. Go team. Um, so maybe you were like me, and you just didn't think you were going to measure up when it came to your grades. So if this line said enough, you were never enough when it came to your grades. You weren't the smartest person in the room. You didn't think you were going to be enough academically for your parents or your teachers or your guardians to approve. And you thought to yourself, if I could just make it over the line to being enough, they'll be super happy with me. Maybe if I get a good grade or I get a perfect score on my ACTs, I can go to the school of my dreams. Or maybe this middle glass represents you and it's your extracurricular activities, and you say, if I just spend a little more time in the gym like Michael, I can be a great baseball player like Michael, or I can be better than Michael. You don't know. Say so what, Michael? You, you say something? No? Okay. That's what I thought. I've seen you play baseball. That's a lie. I've never seen you play baseball. I only go watch students that excel at sports. Um, <laughs> ooh, burn. Uh, <laughs> jokes. Much love for you, Michael, maybe. I don't know. Um, or maybe this last class for you is relationships, whether they're romantic relationships or just friendships. And you think to yourself, if I can just get more friends, that will make me happy. But you keep trying to do things and reaching out to people and sending Snapchats and thinking that you're hilarious like Dylan is all the time. And Dylan's one of those kids, you can say his name three times and he's still not going to know that you're talking about him. Hey, Dylan. Um, and you're trying to get to this line relationally, but you feel like you never make it. Say so what? Did I put sugar in this? You want a, you want a glass? Yeah. It's not Kool-Aid. What it is is it's two bottles of Gatorade, and then I poured water in the rest. So it's probably extremely watered down, and these glasses probably haven't been cleaned since before coronavirus. But if you want to drink it, that's your business. I'm just kidding. I, if you die on my watch, I would never, I would probably lose my job. Anyways, um, so this happens to us in many areas of our lives. We believe that success and great performance ultimately leads to being liked and accepted. If we're funny enough, if we're smart enough, if we're skinny enough, if we're trendy enough, if we're fast enough, if we're pretty enough, if we're strong enough, if we're winning enough, if we're successful enough, 
And for some of us, we even think if we're Christian enough, then we'll be enough. But there's some problems with this mindset that we run into. The first problem is this. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to other people. We know the areas where we do pretty well and we get close enough to the line. So whether it's athletics or it's academics or it's relationships, we get close enough to the line, but we also know the areas where we don't do as well. And we all tend to focus on the negative over focusing on the positive. We focus on the people around us who seem to be enough and already above the line that we're comparing ourselves to, which naturally leads us to compare ourselves with people who seem smarter, cooler, better, nicer, or more popular than we are. And since we feel like we could never compare to them, we decide that we will never be enough. In other words, there is always someone who is better along than we are, which in turn makes us feel like we have to get better in order to be enough. And when it comes to comparison, what you'll find is that we will always find someone else who is seemingly better than we are. There's some of you in this room where I fall victim to this, if we're just being transparent, is I compare myself to the relationships that people have with each other. Some of you in this room can walk up to a random person in the mall and start a conversation, and they will become your best friend. Like, I'm thinking of Heather, because I feel like there's not a person in this room that Heather wouldn't go up to and to talk to. I wish I had that ability. As I'm approaching a person I don't know, like if I was approaching you, I would be like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking about me as I'm walking up to them. Like the first time I met Aubrey, I thought she hated me. To this day, I still think Aubrey hates me, but that's another story for another day. She's never told me she didn't hate me. That was your opportunity, Aubrey, and you went a little too slow, a little too slow. Aubrey, do you hate me? Okay, good. We're, we're friends now. Aubrey's wearing these really cool yellow pants. Aubrey, stand up so everyone can see your pants. Aubrey, people need to see these pants. They can't. You got to come up here. Come up here. Let's give it up for Aubrey. I like calling Aubrey out because this kind of stuff makes her feel extremely uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Aubrey, tell us what's the best thing about your weekend. What's, you know, tell us what's been going on. We haven't seen you since last week. Your dad's birthday was Friday. <laughs> you went to her house? What y'all do? You picked out this outfit? It doesn't, your name tag's falling off. Those boots remind me when I was in high school. <laughs> I was into Christian screamo music. Anyone listen to that? Um, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, you remember that relationship thing I was talking about? I was trying to fit into every crowd I could. You can stay up here because you look like you are into Christian screamo with your outfit right now. Um, so there was this band called Showbread. Um, anyone heard of Showbread? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sing because they didn't sing. It was Christian Screamo. I saw them live like five times. And so what I didn't know when I went to Nashville to this place called Rocket Town. Anyone else been to Rocket Town? Me and Aubrey are like vibing right now. No. You've been there? Yes. You're cool. You get a free snack after try message thing because Rocket Town. So I went to this show and saw Showbread, a screamo Christian band, and I didn't know what I was signing up for. And how many of you guys have been in a mosh pit before? 
a mosh pit. No, like what's a mosh pit? Let me tell you what a mosh pit was. So hardcore, anyone hardcore, can you hardcore dance for us, Aubrey? Give us an example. So they were hardcore dancing in this mosh pit, and it basically looked like they were having a seizure while throwing their arms everywhere. Um, but they were having fun and like punching each other in the face. It was the weirdest thing ever. But Christian screamo, they didn't sing. They screamed, and it almost sounded like demons were coming out of their bodies while they were doing it. Um, and if the mic wasn't on my face, I would demonstrate what Christian screamo sound like, but I'm not going to. It's, it's not worth it. Well, maybe they don't know what regular screamo is. I, I, you know what I haven't noticed? There doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, kids that dress in, like, the emo wear with the chains and things anymore. Is that, is that, it's coming back? It's coming back. Oh, Heather, <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> it's coming back. Anyways, detour. Let's give Aubrey another round of applause. That had nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Christian Screamo. Um, if your parents care about the kind of music you listen to, if you go check out Christian Screamo later, just make sure you let them know this is Christian, it's not demonic. Because first time my mom heard me listening to it, she thought the world was ending. It was, it ba they basically just scream, I love Jesus really loud. Maybe we'll find some and play it for you in the rec room. So the second thing is this. We compare ourselves to ourselves. We all have an invisible standard that we need help living up to. As soon as we fall, fail in an area, we decide we're not good enough. So let's say you play a great game, awesome. But then that game becomes the new standard for which you're gonna compare every other game. So in high school, I ran track and field. I ran hurdles. And my best time in hurdles, once I met that, that became my benchmark, and I was always comparing every track meet to the time that I had my personal best. There's a screen coming down behind me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Things are moving and grooving in this room right now. Um, and for some of you, you're raised in a household where some of these standards seem extremely high. It's like no matter what you do, you will never be enough. You will never meet the standards of your parents. You will never meet the standards of the people around you. Or you might think that you will never meet the standards that you're creating for yourself no matter where they stem from. This is oddly warm, too. You wouldn't want to drink that. Um, warm coop. Bad. I got a bodyguard. He'll slam you to the floor before you get to the stage. You ready? <laughs> I can't. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, back there. You're not supposed to know who my bodyguard is because I'm popular and people try to do bad things to me. It's scary. The life we live. Um, so everyone in this room has felt not enough at some point, even the people who seem like they have it all together. It's a universal experience, and if we were honest, we all have a hard time liking the person who doesn't measure up, the person who isn't enough, the person who ultimately is us. So that's the bad news. The good news is that we're talking today about 
a game changer when it comes to tension that everyone feels. And we find this insight from the Apostle Paul, who we talk about a lot because he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Paul was one of the wisest teachers of the early church. He shared a ton of practical ways to follow Jesus and to experience a greater life. One of Paul's most famous letters was written to a church in Rome. And in this letter, Paul says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, Paul's not saying don't copy your friend's styles or your favorite athlete's moves. Sometimes copying someone's skills is a way of learning from them, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like right now, I'm trying to learn how Cam Newton does his hair because it's oddly intriguing, and I don't know if I have the patience to grow my hair out as long as Cam Newton. Uh, please don't. Are you a Patriots hater or you just don't like Cam Newton? I don't know what you're talking I didn't like Cam Newton either when he played for Auburn because I'm an Alabama fan. If you were wondering, Alabama won their football game yesterday. Roll Tide. Um, football's back. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a beast of an athlete. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. I just This has turned into hair sessions from random athletes. Um, so Paul isn't saying don't get stuck in the same thought process as everyone else. That's what he's saying. He's saying don't mindlessly take on habits that everyone else is doing. It's basically the old school version of just because your friends jump off a bridge, would you do it? And I know what you're thinking when your parents ask you that question. You're like, yes, I would do it. And I've seen some of your photos. And yes, y'all do jump off of bridges, which is odd to me. Um, I don't do that because why? Um, so the thing is this, a lot of times we think, does everyone compare themselves to other? Sure, it's normal, but you can refuse to participate in comparing yourself. And the media and advertising makes it even harder for you not to compare yourselves to others. Paul is saying that you and I have the freedom to pay attention to the messages being communicated to us and to be empowered in how we respond to them. This is what he says next in that verse. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. This is huge. Paul is encouraging us to invite God into our lives to transform who we are. We live in a culture where people feel like they're never enough. So inviting God into our world to help transform us is a game changer. Paul continues to sense this. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is a weird phrase, but it just means what God wants for you. If you're a Christian, I believe that God wants the best for you. Even if you're not a Christian, God wants the best for you, which is why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And one big thing God wants for you is for you to see yourself in the way that he sees you. It's true. His view of you is perfect. The Bible tells us that God knows every hair that's on your head. He knows every tear that you've ever cried. That he created you before you were even a thought in your parents' minds. You are his. You are perfect. God wants you to see you the way he sees you. And when you see yourself as he does, you won't feel the need to continually pursue a better version of yourself you won't continually to believe, continue to believe that you're not enough. 
Instead, you'll realize that you're enough today, right now. Here's a simple way to think about it. I can like me because God loves me. When we understand what we are ma- that we are made in God's image and that he assigns incredible worth to all of us, it should transform the way we see ourselves. Our worth isn't attached to anything that we're doing, but it's attached to God. I can like me because God loves me. With that, with that in mind, Paul continues a few verses later in the book of Romans, and he says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Another version puts it this way. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all of these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we're not. If you preach, just preach. God's message, nothing else. That first line of this Romans 12, 6 in the message version sums it up. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. And you might be asking yourself, what is it that we were made to be? We were made to be God's children. And you didn't have to do anything to be God's child. If you can begin to see yourself the way that he sees you, you can be transformed into something greater than a person who continually compares yourself to other people. Now, this sounds nice, but I know if you're anything like me, you think that's nice, but give me some practical ways to do this. So here's two things that you can start doing today to help you change the way that you think. The first one is this, invite God into your thinking. Does your current thinking line up with the way that God feels about you? Here's one simple way to find out. Ask someone, ask a small group leader, ask a tribe leader, ask someone that you feel safe talking to in your life. If you're feeling a certain way, simply say, hey, I feel this way. Am I seeing this the way God sees it? I ask Morgan this question a lot. Hey, this is what I'm seeing or thinking about this situation or how I feel about myself currently. Am I missing something? Is this lining up with what God says? Just hearing yourself say something like that out loud can sometimes jar our minds into realizing that we're being irrational. The second thing is this, repent. So repent is a very churchy word, but the meaning is simple and practical. Repent means to go in a different direction. It's like changing the channel or picking up a different show to watch. In this case, repent means finding new thoughts to think about yourself or to think about yourself that will replace the old messages that you were giving yourself. Because we believe that what you're thinking about will ultimately form who you're going to become. So some of you may need more than just you to change the channel or to repent. It may require the help of a friend. It may require a small group leader, a parent or a professional counselor, a coach or a therapist. I know it seems like a lot of work to change the way that we think, but I truly believe that it's worth it. It's been one of the things that's ultimately helped me become a better person. Doing the work to change will take time, but the benefits will prove that it was worth it 
in the end. So remember, it is possible to like you because God loves you. But here's the secret. You probably won't get there alone. You need other people around you to help you see yourself clearly. And that's why we did tonight a little differently than we normally do. But before we explain exactly what that means, let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for everything that you're doing. I thank you that you knew us before we were born, that before we were even a thought in our parents' mind, you started to write our story, a beautiful story of how one day we would ultimately glorify you with everything that we do. I pray that as we're learning more about how to silence our minds and how to not compare ourselves to others, that we're ultimately reminded that we can like ourselves because you love us. And the love that you have for us is unconditional. It will never change because of something that we do, that you will always be there. I pray that as we move throughout our week and as we shift the way that some things are happening at Tribe, that you'll continue to grow our influence, that you continue to make this a safe place for middle schoolers and high schoolers to come to wrestle with their faith and to grow into, with relationships with you and with those around you. And God, we just thank you for what you're doing and we pray for a great week. We pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus.